Yo, what's good? I'm your host, John John. Welcome to Podcast 3. Chef's Table Podcast, Chef's Episode Table. 3. Episode 3, I'm hey, right John, here with... John John had one job. <laughs> he had one job. He had one job. I'm right here with my co-partner. Co-partner now. Okay, I think he means co-host. <laughs> hey, this is how organic we keep the podcast. We're not going to fix any of John's mistakes, so... Hey. Welcome to Chef Table Podcast <laughs> Uncut Episode Three. We live. I'm your part, your co-partner, <laughs> <laughs> Chef Chris Brown and, and uh, John John. And uh, yeah, man, Episode Three. Episode man, Three. I'm we made fun, it, man. How's your week so far? Bless. Yeah. Always. Okay. The last week I, I said you look tired, but you look fresh. I look fresh today. Huh? I'm ready to go. You slept in today? Yeah. And that and that in. and that time went back. Yeah. Yeah. You look rested today. Back. You look good. You look good today. All right. All right. All right. Got that extra hour. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, first things first, I want to shout out our sponsor, um, Tilt. Tilt. Man, I I want to take my time with the sponsor today because I'm a shoe head. I collect shoes. I'm a sneaker head. I love Tilt, man. Mm-hmm. They got some affordable prices, man, because, you know, people tax on shoes, man. So um, I love what they're doing in the community. They're in Inglewood uh, and they're at the bridge. Um, I don't know what they call the bridge now, but I'm old. So that's the bridge. Um, uh-huh. They're right next to the movie theater. Check them out. Follow them on Instagram at Tilt. Um, they might have a TikTok. Check it, Tilt, but it's T-I-L-T, Tilt. Mm-hmm. Tilt. Um, you know, the twins that uh, are the owners of, of Tilt. I actually went to middle school with them, and Cool, cool dude. So they laced us up with some gear. We got some hats. Um, I actually had to bring some kicks that I bought for them, you know, because I can't tell people they got heat, and, you know, I got I to gotta show the heat. <laughs> so I got these from Tilt. You know what I'm saying? He went and cop yeah. some shit. The, the bread dunks. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I also got these bad boys. The Lost and Founds. So uh, I got a big foot, uh, so I know this is funny on the table. Uh, but hey, shout out to Tilt, man. <laughs> Come on, John, already. <laughs> shout out to Tilt, man, for supplying the heat and uh, for being the sponsor for today's episode. So shout out to you guys, man. Thank you, guys. Shout out. Journey, journey of poetry. We want to welcome today's guest. Um, first of all, man, he's brave for coming on this episode, man, because this episode is it, it could get pretty dark. Um, you know, for a lot of people that are listening to the podcast or watching the podcast, um, drugs in the kitchen is very common and is an ongoing thing since the beginning of cooking, and I think it's even worse now because of how easy it is to have access to it. I mean, every restaurant I've been the executive chef at, man, I was not only battling people calling out sick, people not doing their job, man, I'm battling drugs. Going in the bathroom, finding little bags of cocaine or, you know, cooks going on break, coming back on crystal meth. Um, You know, marijuana, man, we, a lot of people don't consider that a drug. You know, people, there's functioning people that use marijuana and stuff like that. I'm talking about drugs. Mm And, um, you know, our guest today is uh, he he's brave enough. And, and, you know, I got a lot of respect for him for coming on to be able to share his experience as he struggled with, you know, drug usage, drug usage, drug addiction. But um, my man is uh, definitely on the path path of sobriety. Oh, man, I don't know what's wrong with me. It's not drugs, people. It's not drugs. <laughs> I know I'm talking about drugs and I'm slurring uh. and stuttering. No, it's not drugs. It's it's the red. It's, it's the energy drink. Um, 
and uh, he's a, a chef, and um, he's actually the author of what's your book called? Journey of Poetry. Journey of Poetry. Okay, so um, I know that book is in development. So when that book comes out, make sure you guys check that book out. Mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna check it out for sure. I'm gonna yeah. support James, yeah. Chef James. Um, so we want to welcome you to the podcast. Yeah. Happy to have you here. Yeah, welcome. Um, so let's get this thing started, man. I want to start off by, you know, we always, this is a platform for chefs. You know, you're a chef, you're in the restaurant industry. You're also an author. Um, so we want to start off by letting the guests know a little bit more about you. So why don't you just start off by just telling us where you're from, a little bit of background about yourself. Yes, sir. So I grew up around Pedro. I originally was born in Riverside. After that, moved to Pedro. After Pedro, I started growing up in like Torrance area. So I like, I got my fair share of, you know, the silver spoons and also the people that kind of like are in between the struggle, you know, and then after that, uh, kind of like ended up losing myself, like within all that path, ended up homeless, you know, looking for places to stay, struggling, of course, and uh, got blessed enough with a, with a place to stay in Cerritos. And that's where I'm currently at right now. Okay. So you named a lot of cities. Where are you from? Where are you repping? Like, if somebody uh, asked, LA, of course. Okay, so LA? Yeah, we can go deeper. Like I say, it's, it's, mm. uh, <laughs> hey, I, sta- I stayed in Colorado for a good year, too, and I okay. wouldn't say that that's any better than out here. Okay, this, so, so this man is all over the map. Okay, all right. Where are you from? LA. Okay, he's from LA. I'm from right, LA. Because I said, where are you from? He said, Colorado, Colorado LA. LA. I was like, all right, all right. We just want to get on the same page now. What a wacky episode with drugs, man. I promise people listening and watching... We are against it, and mm-hmm. we are here to talk about it. But it sounds like we are on it right now, so on it. Yeah, we're we're good, guys. We're good. All right, so um, I got one more question for you. Um, you said you were homeless. Yes, How sir. old were you when you were homeless, man? Because being homeless, man, that I I just I'm just curious to age because I know it sounds like you moved I'd say around about a lot. Thirteen, but it was by choice at first. Like ended up going through my own like uh like downfall within doing my own drugs and creating that you know foundation of people that like are only supportive through the drug habits and through that i ended up like on a house arrest and cut it off went on my own way and just like completely went mia and after that was the first time i ever got sobriety was going in the the juvenile hall systems oh so you've been to juvenile hall okay um how were you when you first did drugs and which drug was it first drug i tried was uh was marijuana Mm -hmm. and that's because i got kicked out of my uh, middle school so seventh grade i was about 12, 13. Yeah. Okay, you're 12, 13. Okay, so back then, that was a drug hi, back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, so let's go back. So you're homeless now, right? Um, you couch surfing with friends. Because, yes, like, I mean, 13 and homeless, that, I can't even imagine that. That's crazy. Yeah, that's most of my life, actually. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, so when did you or how did you get in the industry because you, you know you're a chef so obviously you worked in restaurants like so we want to make sure we focus on that too like of course how did you get in the restaurant industry and how did you know you wanted to cook and, and become a chef uh, i just got introduced from one of my friends that i met you know mm-hmm. guided me on that path he's a very good cook himself so he guided me to you know get a, a my my first job which was a very decent place to be i worked my way in and found like my place in in the restaurant through like saute or prep, you know, cutting up and doing different stuff like that. And then from there, I found like I, my passion in the cooking industry, I would say would be like saute or like cooking on the, on the grill, you know, certain different plates mm-hmm. like salmon or fish would be mm-hmm. like what so I you're consider. So you're a seafood guy? Yes, sir. Okay. Mm-hmm. Surf and turf, that'd be oh, my okay, plate okay. all day. All right, okay. damn, I'm hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, did you go to culinary school or did you like have any like experience in like professionalism or anything like that? I I did not, but I found found my way through like working at a Mexican restaurant and pretty much earning my way to the top and being uh the closest to being the the lead uh, of that restaurant and uh pretty much becoming the lead sous chef. Mm. Wow. Okay. So you got a lot of experience just yes, working sir. in the restaurant. Yes, sir. Okay. Dang, yes, sir. Mm. You have a military background or something? I'm working on it. He's like, uh, oh, oh, okay, all right, okay, all right, okay. All right, so real quick, um, you know, a lot, I always say this every podcast, you know, most of our viewers, or I'm not sure who, they could be in the restaurant industry, um, they could not be, so I usually like to touch on certain topics. Now, a lot of people don't always go to culinary school. That's usually by choice. Some mm. of the best chefs went into restaurants, started off a busboy, maybe a dishwasher, prep, work their way up through the line, management, junior sous, mm-hmm. junior sous chef, chef. So um, that's why we typically ask because culinary school does have its advantages, but you know, it's not something that's necessary if you're looking to become a chef, mm-hmm. especially today with YouTube, TikTok. Yeah. I mean, um, Brandon from Oh My Burger, he was self-taught. He was self-taught. Owns a yeah. restaurant, restaurant's lit. Yeah. In fact, I think he has Pop a banner it. on the freeway. I just saw that. He did? Yeah, he has a, oh, a big banner on the freeway, so. He's self-taught. Yeah, He's lit right now. Shout out, Oh My Burger. Uh, tell us more about your first job that you had. Was it a re- it was a restaurant? Yes, right? sir. Mexican restaurant. And uh, what was the name of that restaurant? Uh, I'd rather not name drop. If we're gonna get in the topic of like, you know, what's the I, city? The city? Oh, uh, Beaverdano Beach. Okay, so you mm, worked at a Mexican yes, restaurant oh, okay. on Dano Beach. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, how was it? How like, was as that? far yeah. as the coworkers and like, I mean, did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. You enjoyed for it? The, for it the up. most part, I enjoyed everything about it. You know, the the chef he was like top notch. Everything about like. The environment was great, but when it came down to like certain amount of the coworkers or like uh, stuff like that, I would come across people that aren't like on the best path themselves. So mm-hmm. along that line, it's like also was leading to a certain temptation I could see within myself, mm-hmm. but also like would reflect that I could be a good role model for them as well by, you know, either sharing my story or trying to get them out of their own habits within it. So did you end up helping those people out? Some of them. Some of them. And some I just had to completely avoid because I already knew it would just be tor- turmoil for myself. Mm. Let me ask you a question about, like, as far like, coworkers and stuff like that. Because I always thought that, like, like kitchens are clicky. So, like, if a, you got a handful of dudes that get high together, do coke together, whatever, and you got the person that's not, he's kind of like an outcast. And I felt that in kitchens before. I'm like, man, why do those three dudes, like, not help that guy? Or why mm. are they never have his back? They just let him drown. Then when I start to realize that these dudes are friends and they getting high before, during, and after work, and they're asking the other dude to get high, and he's like, "No, nah, I don't do that." Yeah. Then they kind of look at him like, "Oh, he's too good," you know, to forget that guy, whatever. Um, did you ever experience that, or like, which side were you on? Were you the guy doing drugs, or were you the guy on the other side? Well, to be honest, uh, it it all it all started like um, I guess at some point I was like not an enabler but i was a hustler mm-hmm. so i would kind of like outsource to even pinpoint those kind of people and find out who was the ones that either i could make money off or the kind of people that i know ain't even really about that life yeah so those are the people that i try to like help and when it when it came down to like it for me it's like i already knew my limits with certain drugs mm-hmm. and certain people i would completely avoid like say like people I know that are doing anything that's meth related or worse. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the things that ended up making me homeless in the beginning of it all. So I would like keep, stay as far as away from it as I possibly could. Back to that. So how old were you when you first used meth the first time? I would say about 14. And what was that experience like? 
the most addicting thing that I've ever encountered in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't put it down. It destroyed my life. It ruined my hustle. And that's what ended me up. Ended me uh, completely uh, avoiding my whole family and going on the run and just being with probably the people that I consider the worst and me also being the worst out of any of my surroundings. And you said 14? 14, yes, sir. Damn. That's the crazy thing about bro, because yeah. I was I was playing video games at fourteen, man. Just, yeah, me too. I couldn't imagine I was stuck that. in my room. Yeah. <laughs> now um, playing Call of Duty till like three a.m. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you finish school? Like, how were you with school? Because I mean, like, all I'm hearing is fourteen and homeless and on the run. Like, where does school come to play in that? I was still always going to continuations. I was blessed enough to be able to uh, move to a continuation when I first got kicked out of school. That, that ended up introducing me to drugs in the beginning. And after that, it's just been like continuation after continuation. And so like, uh, I moved also to Highland Park, mm-hmm. East LA. And when I lived out there, it was like one of the only real high schools that I went to besides when I also got incarcerated as a minor and they sent me to a placement and that was a uh, Fontana high school. So besides those two high schools, I've never been to a real high school, but I got my GED in Colorado when I stayed out there just to be able to graduate and say I still graduated with my class. 2013. So you kind of missed the whole high school experience with yes, homecoming, sir. Yes, sir. prom, playing all sports, all that. Yes, sir. Um, you know, there's some people out there who don't regret anything. They're like, you know, this is my life. This is my story. I don't regret the decisions I made because I am who I am because of it. Do you regret missing the high school experience? Because that's kind of a big deal. To I can't say that you. I regret it. The only thing that I could say is I could have done it a little better. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I took the route that I did, I am most appreciative and do not regret because it made me realize because I see this a lot through like some of the people that I still surround myself with. I've seen it a lot where me going through those things at a very young age prepared my mind to avoid going through it at the age I am now. So if I were to go through those things at the age I am now, or like what I see within some other people that I've come across, like they might have the possibility of never getting out of it. Like I actually actually have the opportunity of already going through that experience. So I know wh- where it's going to lead me to, you know, and the yeah. people that are brand new to it, it's it's like, it's a whole nother world. Like it could take them at least 10 plus years to even be able to see that clarity within themselves to grow, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how old were you when when you got incarcerated? Then? I would say the first time it was uh through that uh expulsion that I got it was it was um first time I was about like maybe twelve and they took me to Los Virginos uh Damn, Los Virginos uh, juvenile old. hall yes sir and uh, from that I got it was my first offense so they released me on the house arrest and that's kind of where it all went downhill because it was that alone is even too much freedom for mm-hmm. me to have so like what having that happen to you since such an early age like you just lose your whole childhood yes sir i definitely did through all that your teenage yeah. years and all that stuff i didn't ever like get out of the system until like just before even being an adult like 17 i think damn it's kind of crazy because i'm hearing his rap sheet right now and mm-hmm. the dude is so chill and so right. laid back i'm like man on paper this dude sounds like a monster <laughs> but this dude is just so yeah. chill and so right. relaxed man just He's yeah. a vibe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, no doubt. So I want to get back into, like, um, you as a chef. How did you cook, prep, and make food high? And when I say high, I'm not talking about weed. I'm talking about on drugs. Like, like were you like you're, you were that function? Like, you can function that at that yeah. type of level? Because, yeah, dude, I mean, like, um. Not well, proud of that part at all, but definitely yes, sir. No, well, t- well, tell us about it. I mean, how, uh, just like, actually, better Man. yet, what were some of the drugs you use when working? Specifically, cocaine. Yeah. Yes, sir. What is it about cocaine that you 
felt like because that's the biggest drug mm. used in the kitchen. Yes. So yeah. it's not just you; cocaine it's and you and thousands of others. <laughs> you know, cocaine what was it about cocaine in 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 the kitchen that? Because I we don't know, and and we want to know why from someone that's used it. Why is that such a popular drug in the kitchen? Can you kind of dive in that and talk to about that? I'll say first off, it's it's probably the most easily obtainable. Most people like that's more of a of a like a like a designer drug that's like more like okay or like people are easily able to get a hold of like what's it recommend not now you know because the fentanyl is a big like uh pandemic going on right now as well but along the lines of that is like that's the one drug that i learned how to like master the way that i could still be able to like function and go to work because that's one thing that led me to make my limits or create what i know is cycles of me not being able to uh use the drugs for like performance saying like going to work or destroying my life by not going to work mm -hmm. so i ended up getting to the point where either i was going to stop the drugs or be able to use the drugs and also still go to work and that's when mm -hmm. i realized that i was i was even creating a worse cycle for myself by staying up for multiple days and still going to work and still uh, perfectly functioning to the point where i'm still shining and doesn't even appear like i was on drugs so when you be off the drugs like going days or however long you had had it on you, like, did like did anybody like call you out on it? Like when you went to work and you like, maybe you had to like, like situate yourself before you even walk in, or like maybe hope that like nobody finds out that you were off cocaine. Yeah, like man, like, that did, dude is fast today, ever, man. Like, that yeah, dude, that did they tell a difference? Like, could could anybody like tell the difference from like when did they ever like tell you? Dude, that's the thing that's kind of like you know. I wouldn't say disappointing within myself, but the thing that I kind of like looked down upon within myself, I was doing it that regularly that no one would even notice the difference. Oh, so nobody myself. could actually sell like the regular you. No, sir. Because I wasn't even close to what the regular me ever even was till like this past year. This past year was the first year I actually like dedicated my time and into like sobriety and like figuring out how that even works within myself. Dang. Well, man, just talking about being in the kitchen gives me anxiety because <laughs> there's so much Damn. stuff going on at all times of the kitchen, man. Yeah. Something's always breaking. Something's always falling apart. My anxiety is horrible in the kitchen, man, because I'm, I'm the type of person. I'm just waiting for somebody to call out. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for something to break. I'm waiting for a customer to complain about something. I couldn't imagine being on that because I know that drug kind of makes you aggressive sometimes. Is that true? Not for me, no. Not for me, no, but I've seen it in a lot of people, like especially People love mixing that with alcohol. Mm -hmm. That's what makes the aggression in most people. So my question is now, how were you when you weren't on it at work? Just tired. Yeah. They weren't able to like be as efficiently of a worker at first, you know? I had to figure out how that worked too when I first wanted to be sober. Did it affect your job as far as like, man, you're not on it for two days, you calling out sick or No, sir. No, you never called no, out sick because of it? No. Okay. I would call out a call out sick because if anything, I wasn't on the drug anymore. Like uh, like saying, like, I've been up all night and uh, I didn't want to go to work because then I'd be too tired because I wouldn't have any more drugs. Well, unless mm -hmm. you kept doing it, you'd be like, all right, let's go. Yeah, of course, no problem, no problem. So, you know, we obviously talked about your sobriety. Like, how was that journey, like, being in the kitchen? Like, was it, did it make it difficult to stay sober? I mean, cause for example, like if I was an alcoholic and I was a bartender, Mm -hmm. that would be super right. super hard to not drink and, right. and practice being sneak sober shots or sneak while like, being a bartender yeah you know how was it 
kind of like battling sobriety being in the kitchen knowing that drugs are easily accessible in the kitchen yeah it made it it made it hard but it was also the most appreciation of the growth through that people not believing me that i'm even sober mm -hmm. so it was like almost like dumbfounding for some people to even be like oh like you're a month sober okay like you're a day sober even like okay no one would believe it so that gave me a lot of self-recognition and okay. just knowing that i was able to be like that and people would still compare me to my past yeah so it just give me my give myself in my heart i know i'm true whether or not you're saying that you think that i'm true like that is irrelevant to me i know in my heart that i'm pure and golden so that was what, what helped me grow through the sobriety alone and want more of it you know because then mm -hmm. not only am i getting self-recognition i'm also setting a good example for the people that like are seeing how I was and, and can't make it past that first step to even take a day of sobriety, for example. You know, talking to this dude, I I get the vibe that you really don't care about what people think about you. Not at all. Okay. Shout out to my family if they're watching. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll watch, they'll watch. The reason I said that is, um, I wanna know, man, don't hold back. What is the craziest, like, just tell me a crazy story in the kitchen. Like, maybe you got too high, just something bad happened like i was like what, what just walk me through like one of the crazy experiences like man i'll never do that again at work or i'll never mess with that drug at work like just walk, tell me something i would say being in the dish pit like already like maybe a day in or whatever you know slightly tired or whatever but still like you know doing like knocking it out and and just slicing like my hand in half on, in the dish pit what were you on when you were washing dishes what was I on? I was on, I was on cocaine. Okay. On cocaine and been, been up for maybe like a day or so. The the whole night or day after. So you've been so you've been when you say been up, no sleep, no nap, no, no, no nothing. No, no, Damn. Not even a moment of sleep or laying down. Even what probably. did you do after you sliced your hand? What happened? Just try to try to play it off, make it look like I'm good. Go wrap it up, put it in put extra glove, glove on. Go, oh go without my day. Okay, well, we don't want to know what restaurant that was at. <laughs> but we don't want to know which restaurant that was at. What city was it in? Because I might have eaten there. That night. <laughs> no, this, this was actually when I was working in a sushi restaurant. Oh, oh, oh sushi, sushi, sushi restaurant. Sushi restaurant. That's even worse. <laughs> if you had spicy tuna <laughs> or a side of sriracha that day. Maybe, yeah. Well, some, at that point, I was I was only on the dishes. Some rahi tuna. Yeah, I was oh, just man. On the dish pit spicy night. tuna was really irony that day, huh? <laughs> Oh man! You can taste it in your teeth. Pause. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. Oh my god! Taste it in your teeth. That was that was crazy. Um, do you have any siblings? Tell me about Not your family. I have no siblings. I have a lineup of cousins from here to Colorado, mm -hmm. and besides that, majority of my family is all women, like my aunts, my mom, my grandmother, and out in Colorado, it'd be. Uh, like my grandfather and it was my great grandfather recipes and my great grandmother besides okay. that like my cousins and all of his side of the family all native okay john you don't have any kids right no that you know of no okay <laughs> i got two kids and the reason why i ask is because um as a parent i couldn't imagine my kid and you know and i'm just speaking on my end For sure. i couldn't imagine my kid dealing with the demons that you dealt with at 13 and 14. I don't know what that would do with my relationship with them. I don't yeah. know what that would do to me as a parent, as a man. What's your relationship like with your mom? Because, you know, when people are doing drugs and they're out, you know, only focusing on themselves, they forget about their family. So Not how's your relationship with your mom? Like after, cause you, you put her through hell. Sounds like I did, you know, I so did. how's your guys relationship today? Today we're great. 
we're great we love it we've always been treated like the black sheep out of the whole family so like i feel like that just made our bond even stronger just as a team you know mm -hmm. so like through that i just like grown to like accept the fact that i wasn't the best son and and learn from that how i could be a better son for my mother because my mom i would give her the most credit of it all because she was a single mother raised me since i was the age of two and i would i would honestly say for myself i turned out pretty decent after the end of it all yeah or, yeah. or up to this point you know okay and uh we'd like to take this time to shout out his mom um mm -hmm. i feel shout like there's a lot of single probably. moms out there but that are holding it down so shout out to all you guys um you know um that's good man because you know you can always repair a relationship with you know your mom your kids you know it's never too late and it sounds like you might have made some mistakes when you were young but you know that you guys are in a good place and and, and that's that's good um so tell me a little bit about this book what was the motivation behind like writing this book um and what's the title again journey of poetry journey of poetry so what 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 inspired you to even become an author and start a book well when i first started getting on my on my sober path or even before that you know like down in the rock bottom pits uh, i was trying to f formulate like di whatever i could use as a form of vent so i started off this book and it was my my coldest coldest part of my lifetime and i used that and formulated that into the beginning of what the book is that's why it's called the journey of poetry so it starts from the darkest of where i've been in my lifetime up to like where i am now so it solidifies the beginning to like the process of getting through anything like that okay so like where where it ends up being when you finally start seeing the brighter side of it all okay yeah. and it's about four books that i had all separate type of poetry and and put it all together in the end starting with the original intro from my first book that i wrote and then ending off with the first book that i ever put an outro into so when do you think you'll ever drop it i'll say i'll have the book ready ready and published to at least show the world within about a month Oh, you say yes, in about a month? Yeah, about okay. a month. I'm okay. still in the process of finding a decent publisher that could be able to either mass market it okay. or if I'm just going to do the self-publishing myself. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm excited, man. I can't wait for that to drop. Yeah, I can't wait to read it. Can you tell us about like the type of restaurants you worked at? And I know we don't want to do names, so you can say, you know, Mexican restaurant, Redondo Beach. I just kind of want to get a feel of what type of food you've cooked and, and like a little bit of your resume. Okay, so I've done, I've done like you said, uh, Mexican food in Redondo Beach. Okay. I've also worked at an Italian uh Italian pizza and spaghetti and stuff like that okay. in Hollywood. Besides that, I've done uh, sushi and Cerritos, okay. and I also did a, a boba prep. So I, I was doing making everything that goes into the boba drinks, like okay. the, say the boba, all the all the mochi, like everything that goes along the lines of that. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I've done uh, all that. Colorado, did you cook out there? I did, but it was just like a little side thing for fun, you know. It's not okay. really. My grandpa lives in a very rural area. And, oh, okay. and they got food trucks, but they are complete garbage. So that's like, honestly, like what I was just doing just to test the waters and see how it worked out there. So yeah. the food in Colorado is garbage? Because I've never been to <laughs> Not Colorado. Not saying the food itself is garbage, Colorado. Be careful what you, be careful what you say, man. we got people watching I'm, Colorado. I'm, I'm just saying where my grandpa lives, I would only recommend one or two of the trucks around there okay. and one Mexican restaurant out of everywhere around there. Okay. You mind actually shouting them out? I do not remember the name. Okay, so it wasn't that good then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just got a little. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember. If something's fire, Memory. I'm gonna remember. It. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Remember. So it was good. It wasn't fire. Yes, exactly. Okay. It was right. mids. Straight right. mids. Mids. How long did you live in Colorado? Uh, for two different durations. First time I was 17 and 18, and that's when they first legalized marijuana. And after that was uh, a couple years ago, and I stayed for almost a full year. Do you currently smoke weed? 
I smoke weed about uh maybe a week, uh, once a week, you know, like try to wean off of it. My thing were the dabs, like I would mm. smoke wax or concentrates preferably. Mm, but if I smoke weed, sometimes it's just like weed's too strong nowadays. So yeah, it just kind of like doesn't really like fit my, my, my mind state. Do you smoke weed currently? As of right now, I only smoke weed probably about when I'm with my friends that smoke weed or like once a week, you know, mm. just cause sometimes it does really like put me in the right state of mind where it really like helps me out. Preferably the dabs, but like with weed, it's, weed nowadays is so good. Like I'll take one hit and I'll know how strong it is. Take, so like from, from eating an edible to smoking a dab to smoking weed, it's like all different high, right? Definitely. So which one do you prefer? I would say dabs. Okay. Like a, like a good little, little dab with some isolate or some good little diamonds. Uh-huh. That'd be straight. And then with like smoking weed, um, do you see it as like a, a gateway drug? Maybe like, does it make you want to like go get a beer? Yeah, that's what I was thinking like about. We can kind of like go open get up the something doors. else or like go get some shrooms or like you want to enhance the high or like. Uh, it all depends the person, I would say. But the main reason why I would consider that being a possibility for anybody is like, say, like you, you don't go to shops and you got like a certain homie that like is a best person or got the best prizes for certain stuff mm. after that is when like it'll introduce you to say he sells other things or uh mm. after that you hang around with him and say he does other things mm. then you then that's when you're in the surrounding of being able to access those kinds of narcotics. and then now it's easy access easy so access yeah he showed you what he's got and he's like no <laughs> like, this time i'm not gonna get weed yeah would you guys say shops are like the safest to get marijuana? uh i mean Safest, with everything going on. No, because there's illegal shops out there yeah. that, like, yeah. that get and raided. You know what I mean? They could be selling bad shit. ain't even on the map. Okay. That you know part, I mean? and they People also sell mushrooms at them. Like yeah. there, there's a loophole where it says it's medical for, for mushrooms. Mm -hmm. So you'll know the difference between what's a legal shop and what's not a legal shop because they use that loophole in order to be able to sell uh, psilocybin as recreational or medical use in their shop. Okay. So that's what also could create the, like you're saying, uh, what was the word? Uh, gateway. Yeah. The, using that as a gateway in order to be able to, okay, if I can handle weed, I can handle mushrooms. And mm -hmm. sometimes that ain't the case for people. You know, they think it's just like a little high like that. Mm -hmm. But that stuff will literally throw you in and put you in your place or give you a good high, whatever you're trying to look for. Man. Or whatever it's trying to teach you along the process. I have a question for you. So um, when you, let's just say, you you know, you, you got a job at a, a Mediterranean restaurant. You walk in there. How do you know, like, what are the signs of, like, oh, okay, I know this dude might be down to, you know, you know, do coke with me or, like, you know, going into a new restaurant. Like, like what are the signs you look for, you see to potentially, you know, out somebody that is willing to sell you drugs or do drugs? Like, kind of give us an example for that for the, for the viewers listening. I would say it all starts with the way that like someone presents themselves, the way they carry themselves throughout the kitchen, their work ethic, and and uh, definitely how often they're disappearing. Mm. That's crazy that you say that, man. Because boy, oh boy, disappearing, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, um, you'd be like I tickets felt, coming in, and be like, dude, I can't tell you, man. Where's this Complaints like the service, like where's the yeah? Cook? I felt like a detective, man, because I spent a majority of my times on Fridays and Saturdays looking for people. <laughs> Those are the main days. God, it was like Blue's Clues, man. I got my notepad walking around <laughs> looking for like I'm like, dude, I look in the dish pit. There's a thousand <laughs> plates. My dishwasher's like... gone. Yeah. You know, I got a thousand tickets in coming on. My my two guys on my Dirty fryer dish. are gone. <laughs> tickets. And then they in. come back and then they just kill it. 
And now it all <laughs> makes like, sense. I'm yeah. like, these dudes are gone for 20 minutes. So, you know, every, everything's behind. There's 100 tickets. And then they come in and just, just kill it. Yeah. And then clean up and gone like that. Okay, so disappearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I know to look for that. All right. <laughs> um, This is a funny question, actually. Out of all the types of food you cook, because you, you know, you've worked at a lot of different types of food, mm-hmm. or a lot of different types of restaurants, you know, Japanese sushi, Italian, Mexican. Um, what type of food do you did you experience had the most drug usage? I would say definitely the Mexican restaurants. Mexican restaurants? Yeah, definitely. Is there a specific reason why or? Well, I don't know what it is, but like, you know, they kind of they would kind of do anything in order to be able to just get through their shift, you know, <laughs> yeah. whether it's drinking a beer all night or doing a little line of some crystal, oh like, God. you know, like. Do you have any doing... stories you could tell us about, you know, working in Mexican restaurants oh. and, and your coworkers doing drugs? Yeah, to backtrack on what you're saying, how do you okay. know the ones that say saca la bolsita? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody says saca la bolsita, you mm. already know. Like they're, they're they're way down for the drugs and probably would do any of them. Okay, you mind translating that for the viewers? That means pass the small bag. Oh, pass the small, pass the small pasale, bag. Pasale, pasale, pasale is pass. Okay, but sacale okay. is like grab. Oh, okay. So it's grab okay. the small yeah. bag. Okay. Small okay. Bag. Okay. So if I hear that in the kitchen, uh, you know, okay. <laughs> red flag. Red flag red right flag, there. Red flag. Um, any more stories about like you know? You know your coworkers make restaurants like doing crazy drugs or like trying to introduce you to crazy drugs. Like, tell us more about that. Uh, I'll say like a long time. I was I was seven years clean off uh, methamphetamine at the time. Okay. And um, one of these guys was like um, saying, "Oh yeah, I could get you coke, whatever." And then uh, when I went with them to the car to go meet up with him or get it, I sit in the car and I kind of already like felt the vibe of what him and the guy were doing. So I was sitting in the back, and then and then I was just like immediately asked. I was like. It's not coke, huh? And he's like, no, it's Cristal. And I was like, hopped out of the car. I was go. Somebody left me on the line by myself to handle the whole night and then came in at the very end and I was already done. And he's like, oh, no, no mas. And I was like, bro, go home. Like, I finished the whole night by myself and didn't even want any more drugs after like hopping in that situation. So you didn't do any drugs that night? No, not at all. Okay. See, that's why I I like to ask because he said he was seven years sober Mm -hmm. and Dude, you could have relapsed right could've then and there. Like, like, yeah, no yeah. problem for you to Definitely. be like, oh, that's just as easy just to. Of course, of course. Um, restaurant owners out there, man, if anybody's listening, you know, to this or watching this and you own a restaurant, you know, take these things, you know, in because, you know, we got somebody in here that's firsthand, that's worked in kitchens, worked on the line and it's kind of spinning some game. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I have a lot of respect for this industry. I love this industry. This industry has been good to all of Same. us. Likewise. And I don't want anybody's drug usage to cause somebody's restaurant to suffer from it. You know, people don't think about being high, man. You can hurt someone. You right. can be carrying hot pants and, and run into someone or carrying a sharp knife. Just and coat, all Yeah. Right. All because you're high and you don't know what's going on. So going crazy. Um, you know, these are just, you know, we're just informing the viewers and informing people that, you know, drugs is not, it's not just in the streets. It's it's everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And it's huge in the kitchens, man. And I've dealt with it for years and years and years. And now I know, Basile, what is it again? Saca la bolsita. Okay, yeah. Now I know what that means. I feel like I heard that plenty of times. Uh-huh. Friday. It's, it's always Friday and Saturday nights I heard that actually. Now I'm thinking about it. Um, yeah. So you're sober now, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, how, how many years have you been sober? Uh, I wouldn't say years, but this year okay, I've sorry. been at least 50% of the time sober. Okay. So like, I mean, like you said, how if, if I use marijuana, mm-hmm. the 
only time I would say that I'm I'm not sober would be if I'm smoking weed or anything related to that. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, I'm just like trying to stay on my grind and focus and learn the sobriety of it within myself mm-hmm. because I would have like at least a month. My goal was two months this year to get up sobriety. And um, I feel like once you get through that first month of sobriety, that's what the, the cravings are when you like kind of like feel like you're you're lost in triggers after that first month is when you actually start learning of what the world of sobriety even is do you consider uh marijuana a drug personally do you i'm not saying that like it's a drug yeah. but if you were to be on a sober path then you're not on a sober path or, okay. or sober right. if you're like, smoking marijuana not doing yeah completely like sober no alcohol, would yeah. Do nothing weed. yeah nothing. okay okay no substance at all People. whatsoever no substance at all in mm-hmm. general like it's not I consider it a drug. I would say it's definitely a, a substance that would affect your mental state. Okay. Are you um, taking a break from the restaurant industry as a chef, or, or are you currently working in restaurants right now? Like, what's your status right now? As of right now, I took a little uh, hiatus from working in restaurants mm-hmm. because um, I had injured my my knee. Okay. And I and I haven't been able to figure out exactly what that injury had came from. Okay. So I'm just like you know going through that, but um, I have applied recently at a new re- Mexican restaurant called. Okay. So I'm going to see how that works out. Okay. Um, are you nervous about going in the restaurant industry, practicing sobriety, uh, going not, back in? Not at all, because I feel like I've learned enough to be able to make my way through it without losing myself in it once again. Hmm. And that's why I'm excited to get this new position, because I have an interview tomorrow. So if, if I get this position, then I'm going to walk in that restaurant and show them everything I got. If they're not willing to let me do that, then on to the next one. Oh, well, that's kind of how I learned my ethic works. If they're going to give me... Was that what was the uh, position you applied for? Uh, they so I walked in and I asked what position after um, introducing myself to the manager. I asked them what positions they had. They said line cook or dishwasher, and I told them that I want to be either the lead cook or like you know sous chef material. Mm-hmm. So uh, after they, they they interview me, I will also express that then, and then give them maybe a couple of days to see how they treat me as a worker or what opportunities they give me, mm-hmm. and that's how I'll decide if I want to stay there. And you said. Yeah, you guys better hire him. <laughs> yeah, if you guys watch this, I don't think you'll watch this, but hire this guy, please. Hire this guy. <laughs> I deserve it. You're, you'll see. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of restaurants, man, well, we like to play this game. We've been we've been doing it. It's been it's been we working out okay. We, I think we might have started a war. <laughs> um, it's called Good Cop Bad Cop. Um, so how this game works is I'm gonna ask you, um. You know, one of your one of your favorite restaurants to eat. You can choose the city, whatever, and really shout them out, praise them, let them just know the name of the restaurant, what you got, what you enjoy about it. And the bad cop John's gonna ask you a restaurant that you just think is overrated, had a horrible experience, and you got to do the same. You got to let us know <laughs> who it is, what you ordered. So okay, okay. All right. So um, hope they don't come for me. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> He said four, right? I'm just making sure. Okay. He said come for me. Okay, yeah. That could, hope, that, they, me, hope they don't. For me. That was that was a good pause, John. John's, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, John's first pause. Was that hey, your first pause? It was my first pause. Okay. How did it feel? Felt really good. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, favorite restaurant that you're eating at? Where? Name of it? Would you get go? El Segundo, and the place is called. Oh, it's right there in the village. Okay, I know what that said. I know what that said. I said that was like it's one of the top. Spot, right? yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite favorite spot. If I could recommend any of the burgers, I would say either the uh, 
the Lano Pablano or the one that is the. Give me one second. Give me oh one second. man, I'm getting hungry. Lano, Lano Pablano. Oh, I can't remember it. Oh well, Lano Pablano. Okay. Then we'll just go with that. Okay. Uh, why is it? Why is it your favorite place to eat? I would say the my reason why it's my favorite place to eat is because they have every type of option that you would want. Um, say like vegan style, or mm-hmm. if you wanted a burger, they have multiple different kinds: lamb, bison, and that's the other burger that I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. The bison burger. They have a uh, turkey patties. Okay. They have a lamb, and then they have a few others. And um, good service too. Good service. Okay. Great location. Good hospitality. There, everything's prepped in house, so it's all fresh. Okay. And they also grind their own meat and create their own patties. Okay. Okay. Everything that they have there is all in house. What yeah. about the um, What about the fries? The fries are also made in house. <laughs> the fries all come in a box. They cut fresh. Yeah, they're all cut fresh. Seven a.m. Yeah, in the morning, they chop them all up, blanch them, and then get them all ready and and uh, drop them all in the fryer as they go. Mm, so that, their kitchen is huge. I love that kitchen. So he just gave it away. This guy's a chef because he said blanch French fries. <laughs> yes, that is definitely chef. Away that, is, that is uh, vocabulary of a chef. <laughs> Yeah, I also forgot to mention that I did work there as well. Oh, okay, okay. So he did work there. Okay, all right. Well, hold on. Before we get to the back hop, mm-hmm. you just opened up another question. Uh, was the drug usage in that restaurant? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. It was the the heaviest of the cocaine usage I've seen was in that restaurant. Yeah. Tell me, tell me a little more about it. Like, who, like, were you the one supplying it, or like, how did it, like, did who introduced you to it? Because obviously, you went to that restaurant as a new employee. Mm-hmm. So, like, how did it happen? How did, how did, how did you get into the circle? Well, I would, I would honestly say it was the, <laughs> the GM. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Okay. No names. No names. Yeah. <laughs> no actually, locations. actually, let, let, let's move on. Let's move on. We'll stop it right there. Yeah. I think I think we're getting a little too risky right there because we said the location. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, so no. no, it's okay though. It's all right. Um. All right. Go ahead. So, <laughs> out of all the restaurants you've eaten at. Which one would you say was the worst restaurant? Like you'll never go back, or like something happened to where like you ordered something and it was just like, Ugh. I would say Tommy's in Norwalk. Tommy's is that what? What is that? A burger? It's a place? Burger, yeah, chili burgers. Ooh, chili burgers. Yeah, chili burgers. And I've had like, Tommy's before, and it's been fire. And just like something about that exact location is just not it. What happened after you ate, ate at that place? Oh, you know, bubble guts, and it's just not the vibe. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Hershey squirts. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the Hershey squirts. <laughs> this is the second time somebody has come on this podcast and disrespected a place I love. No, uh, I'm this talking about this, the, the Norwalk or Artesia one. Tommy's. I don't care where. I don't care if you said Legoland. Please, please don't go to that one. Tommy's Jeff. is. Am I ruining no Tommy's mat, for no, you? No, listen. Maybe I, it's just the location. Yeah, it's just the location. That's okay. the only one that's like that. I love Tommy's myself. Like I feel okay. bad to even say that about them, because, okay. but it's just that one location is just the one Tommy's I will not go to. Okay, so Tommy's in Norwalk. Yes, sir. Okay, I'm gonna check it out and okay. see what happens. <laughs> I, I'll let you know. You say you got bubble guts. You got the yeah, Hershey I got squirts. the double double chili cheeseburger. Okay, the I'm whole gonna, whole meal though. Okay, all right. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Probably with a shake, man. Chocolate shake or what? Nah, the Pulitzer. Mm. <laughs> Your Pulitzer. Uh, he for sure ate that burger, and that was the first day of his sobriety. <laughs> like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with drugs. I'm done with everything. All right. Um. Next question. Okay. What um, would you say was the was the most overrated 
place that you might have eaten at. Yeah. Most overrated. Like when we define overrated, like yeah. just to give you an example, like man, there's a lot of restaurants with hundred thousand followers, millions of likes and on TikTok, you get there, and you like, get there, it's trash. And it's just like, but they got a cult following. Mm-hmm. So that's what we mean. Like, what's a, a, a overrated restaurant that you've been at, or that you think is overrated? To be to be honest, like I would I would say uh, Felipe's in LA, okay. downtown LA. Cause they they used to be so fire and it's just like they got that following so they probably don't care now either mm-hmm. that or it's just mm-hmm. certain days when the executive chef or their chef's probably not there it's like watered down on the dip and the sandwiches aren't like what they used to be maybe like on the on the popular days like yeah the like the weekends i'm sure it's top notch but like you go on a weekday yeah like, it's just not it <laughs> i knew this man didn't care what people thought about him I knew this man was brave. You know, I knew he was brave when he agreed to come on and, and open up about drugs. Mm-hmm. But this man just said Felipe's is over it. You gonna have a lot of enemies, man. Yeah, a they, lot of they hate. Not like yeah, they're cool. gonna blow up the comment section. <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're gonna go, go to the casino right down the street on on uh the the alley. What's that alley called? Right down the street. It's a little Mexican spot. They got the taquitos. That place is good. Yeah, sure. There's so many Mexican spots in L.A. So when you say yeah. Mexican spot in L.A., yeah, there's just millions true. of them. Yeah, every block. That's true. The one right there is like in the alley, though. That's what I'm trying to remember. What's your favorite type of food in general? Mexican. Like Mexican, Mexican seafood. Mm. Okay. Are you Hispanic? Yes, sir. Okay. Kind of, you know, you Hispanic, got Hispanic, native. Native. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at the hair. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys are listening to the podcast and not watching it, um, this dude got some, he got some long hair, so looks healthy, too. I feel like I should say pause right there. <laughs> but, long um, hair. Yeah, he got some. His, so he definitely has a look to him. That's why I'm asking. He looks mixed, and when he said native, it, it just it, yeah, you can see it clearly. Clearly, um, anybody in your family cook? Not like, like me, no, no, no. So I got a couple of grill masters and people that know that their way around mm-hmm. like a grill and that kind of cooking. But when it comes down to like has like had restaurant experience like myself, I yeah. wouldn't say anybody. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Reason I ask because I know you said you know your family's female heavy, like you know. So I'm thinking aunties, grandmas, mm-hmm. like somebody. Yeah, they could like, cook. Who showed him how to cook? Anybody? Right. No, no one showed you. My my grandma showed me a few. Okay. My my nana uh was what I meant to say. My nana, because she's a full blooded Irish, born in New Zealand, red hair, blue eyes. But her and my mom were like the ones that taught me the most about cooking. Okay. Is there a specific dish that like breakfast? Maybe... Breakfast was my specialty. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can make killer breakfast. Okay. So you get at eggs because I know, man. Even some Iron Chefs, man, they they have a hard time cracking eggs, eggs man. <laughs> TV show I did, man. This chef, she could not do an over easy egg to save her life, and I think that's what sent her home the first round. Wow. Yeah. So you you're the egg man. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's get it cracking. <laughs> he said, let's get it cracking. Oh my god, man. Oh wow. Okay. Unless you like it hard boiled, then. <laughs> Some John. people like it soft. John, are you all right today, soft man? Soft boiled. I, you know what? I li- I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I like this John. <laughs> I like this John today. This it, it just it's just a little weird that it's on the drug episode, but mm. I definitely like this John today. All right. So with all the things happening in your life, like building you up to where you're at now in life, like can you consider yourself happy? Can you consider yourself like just giving yourself that like self acknowledgement of to where like where you're at and where you've come from and where you've been. Like, are you there? Like, are you happy? On, on a daily basis, yes. I find my way to find the happiness even in, in the downfalls of it all because no matter what, it's all part of the process. 
we're still going to get through it, whether or not we go around it or just look at it. So as long as you see the positive in it all, you're still having the right mindset in order to just be on that path. That's, That's the way I look at it. That's what's up. I want to thank you for coming on, man. And I want to thank you for opening up and talking about, you know, your experiences and drugs and stuff like that. I know that's not easy to talk about. Yeah, so deep. And, it's a hard um, subject. You know, for you, like, you know, we've talked off camera before, and I know you've lost a lot of friends to drug overdoses and stuff like that. Um, so I know this is a very sensitive subject to you. And uh, we want to thank you for coming on, man. We really appreciate you. Yeah. And on behalf of the Chef Table Podcast on Cut, we'd like to give you this. Oh, oh wow. Yep. You want me to open it now? Yeah, go ahead yeah, and open it now. Sure. Let's see. Oh, man. <laughs> so, um, for the viewers listening, um, you know, we got him a little sobriety keychain. And basically what it is is anytime he feels like he's in a dark place or he's struggling with his sobriety, oh, wow. he could just take a look at that and he could just remember that, man, he has support from the Chef Table Podcast on Cut Family. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Do you mind yeah. reading that? What, what it says? Yeah, well, it says, whenever you find yourself doubting how far you can go, just remember how far you have come. Remember everything you have faced, all the battles you have won, and all the fears you have overcome. And on the front it says, I'm proud of you one day at a time. And that's all it takes, everybody. One day, at, one a day at a time. Don't stress yourself out over the big picture of yeah. wanting to be Baby steps. the best you could possibly be. All As long as you're being better every day, that's all that matters. I like that, man. I, I, I like your energy. Love your energy, man. You very positive person, man. And for you to go through all that you went through, you have a very, very positive mindset. And I, and I really I appreciate, appreciate that. that. A lot of people, jinx, man. Jinx, jinx, jinx. You owe me another episode. No, but for real though, hey, a lot you, of people, guys. a lot Got of people you. that have the type of life that you had. <laughs> Try to be serious, man. He's making me laugh. A lot of people, a lot of people that went through what you would have went through might be angry at the world, man, and they might have yeah. a lot of anger and animosity. But you're the total opposite, man. You right. have a good energy. He has a good vibe, and he's just a positive dude. I would never believe the stories that he went through based mm -hmm. off of just how he carries himself, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Like you just seem like a very genuine, real person. And thank you so much. And we were very thankful to have you on here. Someone yeah. so genuine, someone so real and so open. You know, we don't get that, that nowadays, man. Yeah. We don't know who anybody is now. So because of social media and everything, but you know, you come across really real and we really appreciate that, man. And you thank know, you. thank you for having you mm -hmm. on, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate all your time and every moment that we're here. And go ahead and shout out your book one more time and let everybody know what it's about. The name of the book is Journey of Poetry, and it's about anybody that wants to make it through the struggle or see my story. Okay. Nice. All right, well, thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast. Yeah. I want to one more time shout out our sponsor, Tilt. Tilt. Check them out in Inglewood, uh, yep. in my personal Don't favorite forget. location at The Bridge. Um, so they were the sponsor for this podcast. If you're looking for some merch, some heat, some J's, some Yeezys, Dunks. They got, they got everything. It. They got it. They got it. <laughs> again? They got it. <laughs> Thank you guys for it. tuning in to this episode, man. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Yep. All right. Peace see and love. You.